Hey everyone, welcome. This is another Devo with Jamie and Patrick. And Patrick, today we are matchy matchy. That's right. We've got new one youth swag. Uh, swag. Do you know what swag stands for? You know, I don't think it's the right term for this because I think it stands for stuff we all get. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, that's what and it stands we for. We don't all get. We don't all get these. You have to be a one youth volunteer, and you have to have worked last year to get one of these. So that's yeah. Unless you have a time machine and a lot of extra time to volunteer, you're going to just make one on your own. Yeah, which is fine. So it's not swag. It's swag stuff. Swag, swag stuff only volunteers get. Swag. Anyway, we're in a weird situation with our devotionals, Jamie. Oh, man. This is weird. Things get weird. Our Wednesday series is done. And I have something special planned for next Wednesday's devotional that we can't talk about right now. So we had to pick a random Bible passage to talk about today. And I decided to go and pick one of my favorite Bible passages. It's not my actual favorite. This is like my favorite because it's so funny. Silly Bible passage. We've never talked about it before. Go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter 8. Oh, here we go. We're, things and, are gonna get uh, things are gonna get weird. Yeah, and go all the way down to the bottom of Matthew chapter eight. Matthew eight. We're gonna check out verses twenty eight through okay. thirty four. Okay. <laughs> Jesus restores two demon possessed men. Oh, geez. So uh, I'll go ahead and read it today. It says this: When he arrived at the other side in the region of the Gad Gatherines, Gad Aranis, Gad Aranis. How do you say that? You know, actually you bring up an interesting point because there's a, some manuscripts say Gergesenes, others are Gerasenes. So let's just say any way you want to say it is going to work. Okay. Yes. The Gerasenes. When he arrived at the other side in the region of the Gerasenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Some distance from from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus. If you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. He, being Jesus, said to them, go. So they came out and went into the pigs, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. Those tending to the pigs ran off, went into the town, and reported all of this, including what what had happened to the demon-possessed men. Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave their region. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. (laughs) You Um, sound interested. Some some scriptures are, you get a little bit more joyful and maybe you have a little bit more thanksgiving and gratitude in your heart to talk about. This one is, is, uh, is weird. This is a weird one. Yeah. Yep. This one's a weird one. (laughs) but it's in the Bible. So we got to talk about it. And it's in the Bible, possibly more than one time too. Uh, So in your Bible, it might tell you parallel passages um, where they exist in other spots. And so 
Um, an example is in this, this particular passage is in Mark chapter five and Luke chapter eight, both share the story, except one big difference is that in, in those versions, it just talks about one man, not two men. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so just, just to kind of throw this out there too, a lot of times in scripture, we see things like this where there's a detail that, that maybe might seem minor. It's not that big of a deal because we know there's a whole lot of uh, the guy is possessed by a lot of demons. Um, We've learned that in another part of it. And so some of the details seem a little bit off. And so people either, they have to come up with a couple of ways of dealing that one is someone got it wrong when they were translating it. Someone got it wrong when they were, uh, sharing it for the first time, you know, maybe Matthew's remembering this wrong. Another th- another way of looking at it is this could actually be two separate instances. Right. Um, and we just don't have all the details. And so this could be one. What, what I bring to scripture, and I hope that, that you guys do too, is that all scripture is inspired by God. All scripture is God-breathed. Uh, and because of that, we're not saying there's no typos in scripture, but we are saying that each story that's in here, each chunk of scripture uh, is, is, is real. It's God's word to us. And so there's something that we can get out of it. There's something that's good uh, that's in it. And so I generally kind of lean a little bit more towards the faith and trust in scripture that what it's saying is accurate. Um, and at the same time, I kind of like to study it, to look into it, to go deeper. So yeah. With that, let's go deeper. With that, let's go deeper. Uh, so Jesus, again, traveling, because it starts off when he arrived at the other side of the region, uh, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. Wow. Uh, yeah, okay. So one very, very st- strange um, encounter to begin with. And it says they were so violent that no one could pass that way. First word that comes to mind, Patrick, is troll. Troll. Now, okay. A troll. Now, have yeah. you ever heard of, there's this old fairy tale of like a troll that lives under a bridge. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. And that in order to pass the bridge, like you need to get permission from the troll and he won't let you pass. And if you try to pass, he'll like eat you or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is like an old, old school idea. In fact, even in Seattle, if any of you've been to Seattle, there's someone made a big sculpture of a troll underneath a bridge that you can go visit. Wow. Kind of like a cool public art installation. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. The troll under the bridge. Look it up in Seattle. Um, But this is kind of what this is like, right? We have two demon possessed men. They live in the tombs, like in the graveyard. um, And they're so violent that they're blocking the path. People can't even go past them. Yeah. That's pretty gnarly. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I mean, you could make an entire like uh, horror movie based on these characters. Oh yeah, probably. Uh, I'd probably be a pretty good horror movie as well. Uh, I'm. I don't know if I've ever necessarily been stopped by someone in the road um, that was being very violent. I've been stopped by you know car accidents and uh, stuff like that, but never just two people just being weird in the road. Normally, that doesn't happen in the road. However, this morning I did see someone walking in the center median on the freeway. Yeah, that idea. <laughs> I don't know how they even got there, but that was poor strange. Choice. Yeah, poor choice. Poor choice. But uh, these people, they were like hogging up the whole road. They were hogging up the whole path and 
no one could pass. And here's what's an interesting way. I think for us, it might be good to look at this. When you think about putting yourself in the story, right? A lot of us like to put ourselves in the story and we like to make ourselves Jesus or we like to make ourselves a disciple following Jesus, you know, kind of like a fly uh, on the wall, just kind of seeing what's going on. Um, But if you think about it in this story, put yourself in the place of one of these demon possessed men, right? Hmm. Like here you are and maybe, you know, who knows how this demon possession thing happened for you. Uh, Maybe you made some bad choices in life and now you're living in the graveyard and you're violent and you don't have you feel like you have no control of your body, uh, of what you do. Um, who knows what you eat? I have no idea. What are these guys even eating? Um, and no one, of course, no one wants to hang out with them. It's not like people are going to be like, Hey, want to, want to come hang for a bit with these crazy guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my guess is they're probably feeling alone, oppressed, um, uh, Physically, they're probably not doing well because if you're living outside uh, all day long and just doing crazy stuff, you probably have some issues uh, going on physically. Yeah. But here's what's interesting. Um, they came to meet Jesus. Yeah, I was going to point that out. And the other interesting thing in, is as well, uh, they're very violent, but they're asking if Jesus is going to come and torture them. And so what they had maybe in mind that Jesus was going to do to them was like way, way more worse than what was already going on to them. If they thought Jesus was going to like torture them, that's like a huge word, but yeah, yeah, they came out. uh, They knew obviously who Jesus was and that he was coming uh, because they do ask specifically Jesus, what do you want with us? Yeah. So here's something interesting is that, you know, the question here, and I think what people are understanding is that, is it these men speaking or is it, is it the demons that are speaking? Right. And it seems like it's the demons who are speaking because they know a couple things. They know that Jesus is the son of God. Yeah. And not everyone following Jesus knew that even, even the disciples who are closest to him didn't really they're still sort of in this weird idea of like, they know that God is more, but do they really know how much more do they mm. really know who God is? And, and at this point they, they know that Jesus is an important person. They know that he's a, a rabbi. They call him rabbi. They, they call him teacher. You know, they, they give him these titles, but these people come straight out with it. Right. This, right, this yeah. these, these demons, like you're the son of God and they're shouting it out loud. And their assumption, and here's the assumption. Have you come to torture us before the appointed time? This is a terrifying thing to say, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there's a appointed time for Jesus to torture people? Uh, what? Um, there's yeah. some mystery in this that I think is important for us to kind of just, you know, to at least come up with. Um, and there is this idea of heaven and hell. And Jesus talks about it in my Bible. There's a footnote here. It's a, and it, it pushes us to look at second Peter two, four, which says, for if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment. And then it goes on uh, talking more about that. But, but the idea here is in revelation, we hear this, and this is going to sound a little Epic. And some of you might like your brain might shut off for a minute when you think about it, but 
hear me out on this. In the book of Revelation, it talks about uh, uh, Satan or the evil one, right? Taking a third of the angels and convincing a third of the angels to follow him instead of following God. Hmm. And that he was, he was successful in that, right? Um, and so his success in, in convincing a third of the angels means that now you have kind of angels that are maybe working for the wrong team. And so here we see that maybe these, these fallen angels, demons, whatever they are, right? Demons, they're working for the wrong team and they know it. And the other thing they know is that they are powerless against Jesus. Right. Yeah. And I always find that incredible. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only, cool. the only thing they're saying is they're like, uh, it's not time yet. Right. You're not, it's not time for you to bind us up and send us away permanently. Yeah. Um, and so they start to make a deal, right? Yeah. Verse 30. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a strange deal, you know? <laughs> it's a weird deal, right? There, have, there happens to be a whole lot of pigs out hanging, yeah, hanging around on top of a cliff next to the lake. And yeah. uh, <laughs> the demons, probably in a, in a frantic frenzy, you know, kind of crazily think, oh my gosh, Let's uh, Jesus drive us out and send us into the herd of pigs. Yeah. Now in, uh, in another version of this, of this story, it talks about there being the Jesus asked the name, I think of the, of the demon, like who is oh, it? Yes. Yeah. I do um, remember that. You know, what is your name? And then the response is uh, my name is Legion for we are many. Yeah. Um, and so the idea of that verse uh or the idea that we get to look at in that is that um, it's not just one demon, right? We're looking at uh, multiple and we're looking at um, kind of like a, I don't know if you'd call it an infestation, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> right. So going into a herd of pigs might mean that there's, you know, a demon per pig. I don't know. This is some weird territory we're in right now. That. Yeah. Yeah. But the the herd of pigs almost took on a very uh uh like one identity as the herd instead of multiple pigs it was the entire herd uh because you know in verse 32 he said to them go so they came out and went into the pigs and the whole entire herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and and died in the water so the, the, yeah right yikes that's Bobbing a lot for bacon right there that's a lot of bacon yeah but probably bacon you wouldn't want to eat though no but the, i don't know oh. if demon possessed pig has the exact flavor you're looking for I, yeah i don't i don't know but uh it is the whole entire herd taking on one identity which is um which is interesting to note because it's yeah. two men to an entire herd I don't know if there's something deeper there that you need to study or decipher. Yeah. Uh, but um, I, I think there is. I mean, I think that's a good thing to note because it's like there is a significant. Um, there's a significant thing going on where uh, we as, as people can open ourselves up to some bad forces. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is, I know this sounds weird, but like, I would just say this, don't mess around with things that are like witchcraft or the occult or <laughs> demons. And you're like, why would I ever do that? And, and I would say the same thing. Like, why would you ever do that? Uh, but some folks like to open themselves up to that kind of stuff. 
because they think right. it's funny or scary or, you know, whatever. Um, and the idea here is that if you're opening yourselves up to something that might be evil or bad and asking something evil or bad to take you over or to use you or to come, you know, live in inside of you, that's the opposite of what God wants. God wants his Holy Spirit to dwell inside of you. Right. Yeah. And, and so I just would give extra, uh, not even caution, just don't do it. Don't mess around with that. Um, yeah. And not because it's more powerful than God, because obviously it's not, but you can open yourself up to maybe something that's not good. And then maybe something more, and then maybe something more, and then maybe something more, uh, to where you're not even in control of yourself. So it took, and this is what's kind of interesting too, is that it took a lot of demonic possession, like the word is legion, uh, which can be like a thousand or something, right? It took a ton of bad to influence two men and to take control over them. Mm. And that same amount of bad took over an entire herd of pigs to control a herd of pigs. Oh, wow. Now, right. So, so people are pretty strong. Like we have a pretty strong spiritual sense uh, of who we are. Yeah. Um, and when God is on our side, man, that is, that is like unstoppable. So in this passage, we see that these pigs go and yeet themselves off a cliff into, I wanted to use the word yeet, Pat, I'm sorry. Uh, they yeet themselves off a cliff into the water and they all die. Now this is interesting because when, when there's demon possession and typically even in like fairy tale stuff or horror movies or, you know, legends of witchcraft and stuff like that. You always see that, oh, there's power in, it's kind of the whole like Star Wars power in the dark side idea. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad stuff. It's pretty dark, uh, but it gives you power. And so, and so we see here that, yeah, there's some power going on. However, it leads to death. These two men were living in the tombs. They were living in the place of death they, and they were violent. So all they were doing was causing death and destruction. It doesn't say they'd killed anyone, but my guess is, you know, at some point that would probably be their demise as they would die. Um, yet when they go into the pigs, it's like they instantly go and it leads the pigs from life to death. Mm -hmm. um, and Jesus is doing the opposite, right? He's coming in and saying, I'm not about death. I'm leading you from death to life. Right. Yeah. Um, by the way, just another side note, we're talking about pigs. Pigs aren't kosher. You're not supposed to keep pigs and eat them if you're a good God-fearing <laughs> Jewish person in this time. So these people are like, they're, they're kind of, you know, pushing on the rules here a little bit. <laughs> um, which may be why Jesus allowed them to go into the pigs. Pigs were seen as unclean animals. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, sorry if you're a big bacon eater. I did have a BLT on Sunday. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> or no, Saturday. Saturday I had a BLT. Um, so I do eat eat bacon and pork. Uh, but the the rules that they would follow from the, from the rules that Moses gave them at Sinai that came from God were not to eat bacon. I don't think we really know why, but that was just part of the rules. So these people go. really aren't, they're not really following the rules. Yeah. And I think that there's one, the last part of this passage is also something that we need to focus on because the shift changes a little bit. Verse Big 33, time. those tending to the pigs ran off, went into the town and, re and reported, reported 
all of this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave the region. So these like hog farmers uh, appeared to be pretty freaked out about what happened. Also probably pretty bummed out. I don't know if they're not eating the the pigs. I don't know why they're tending to them or even bothering uh, keeping them maybe to sell in exchange for something. Uh, But there was people who owned those pigs who were tending to them. And now they all instantly became demon possessed and ran off the cliff and uh, went and told everyone in the town. And yeah. obviously uh, got Jesus a little bit of a bad name for that situation. Yeah. You're like, you know what? Don't hang out with Jesus. He'll kill your pigs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Here, yeah. And this is a really weird turn in the story uh, yeah. because what, here's what's happened. This town, and this is, I think where the focus should be. It's on the town. This town was okay with having pig farmers uh, this town was okay with having two demon-possessed men blocking a road, living in the tombs, being violent. They were okay with that. They had let that happen. They had abided um, that reality. They'd sort of given up. They, uh-huh. they let that happen. But what are they not okay with? They're not okay with Jesus coming in and, and freeing the men and getting rid of the pigs. Sounds They're backwards okay to me. That. <laughs> yeah, sounds like right? way backwards. But it sounds backwards, but we got to think for ourselves and we do this all the time as hmm. people. Yeah. Because you know? here Jesus is now messing with their pocketbook. He's yeah. messing with their livelihood and he's messing with the way things are. Yeah. And a lot of times people want things just to be the way they are. They don't want things to change, right? We don't yeah, like yeah. change. Yeah. And, and Jesus comes in, he's like, no, I, things are going to change and I'm going to make them change. And it might hurt a little bit, right? You might lose some money on these pigs. You might uh, have to deal with these two guys out in the tombs. You know, they're going to have to live with someone once they come out of this. Uh, right. You know, you're going to have to now, you know, be able to go to the tombs and bury folks who you need to bury and do some of this work that you didn't have to before because you were too afraid. Like, this this might be some work, but it's going to be better. It's going to lead to life, not to death. Um, and instead, these people do the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. They'll try to run Jesus out of there. Yeah. And we do this too. We're like, you know what? I, I like Jesus in my life, but I don't want to tithe. I don't want to give money. Right. Um, or I like Jesus, but I feel bad when I do things that I know God doesn't want me to do. So I'm going to stop going to church. Yeah. And I have to say this, man. I deal with this a lot. Uh, there are people who will stop going to church and they'll say it's because they're too busy or, you know, stuff's going on where they're just like, oh, I just can't make it. I'm so busy. Um, they'll come up with a reason and then you'll find out, and this has happened to me a lot. I'll find out that actually their lifestyle has changed where they're doing things that maybe God wouldn't be like too stoked on. Right. And they don't want to be reminded about it being wrong. And so they just, they, they're like, you know, I'm just going to stay away. And we do this on an individual level, not just a whole church level where, where we're like, you know, I don't really want to read the Bible today because I did some bad stuff and I don't want to be reminded about it. Mm-hmm. Jesus isn't looking into your past. Uh, he's already paid the price for all of the sin that you've done. 
Right. He wants to be with you now. He wants to come into your town. He wants to set you free from anything that would take power over you. Yeah. He wants to remove the bad from your life. But he's also a gentleman. And I say that in that when they pleaded with him to leave, he left. Right. Right. So I think we need to think about, are we pleading for Jesus to actually come into our lives? Or are we pleading with Jesus to stay at arm's length? Right. Yeah. And that's a question that I think each of us kind of have to answer on our own and answer to God on that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So that's a good thing to, to end on, a good thing to think about. Do we want Jesus to actually be in control of our lives or are we going to try to keep him at arm's length? Yeah. So. And there is a right answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. And I think everyone will get to that right answer eventually. Yeah. So. All right, everyone. Glad that you could join us. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And someday maybe you'll get a sweater as cool as these. Yeah, maybe. You know how to get it. You have to come volunteer. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.